Melody. Hey, Peter. What's up, Drew? Hey. Welcome to How College Works. These come out a little after we record them, so for us it is the middle of the semester. Yeah, but we start earlier than some, so That's maybe true. we'll be hitting other people at their midterm. That's possible. That's possible. Uh, so I, sometime soon, I need to actually look at my deadlines. <laughs> uh, next week. Next week, yeah. That's what I figured. I need to submit midterm grades. And there's going to be, hopefully, not too many of my students who are not pleased with their grades, or at least not surprised with their grades, since I do try to stay up with the grading and submitting, posting grades online. But if they're doing awesome, then nothing, like, like we're all good, can continue as before. I kind of wanted to talk about, like, what should we do if we get to midterms and that grade is not good, whatever that means for a student. I mean, if you're getting a D, you, that's not good. For some people, getting a B is not good. That's I, true. That's true. Uh, so I wanted to talk about, like, so at college, what should you be doing? Like, in Drew, like in high school, do they get midterm grades? Um, yeah, we get a basically a quarter. I'm like not sure how it's called. I guess so. Like, what goes on a report card is the semester grade. Mm -hmm. That's the one that everybody looks like on, on on a transcript. But we do get a first quarter grade, and before that, we get a first quarter progress report at mm. like six week something. Okay. I should I should know this. <laughs> and um, but in between that, and at least in my district, we do have a, like a back to school night or a or a parent conference um, before the first quarter like midterm. Uh, grades and so uh, there's an opportunity for like for a student to have basically this external uh, reminder from you know mom and dad checking the mail and mom and dad going to back to school night to tell the student like hey whatever we're doing is not working we need to step it up or make some changes okay. so do those reports are those the only two ways that they happen like um, parents or like a back to school night or through the mail I mean a lot of high schools use like online grade stuff too. Do they? Do you post midterm grades like that on those online grade systems? We well, so the ones that are official are are those the, the progress reports that um, go home with the student. In, in my district, I'm, I imagine it's very similar. A lot of other districts, the progress report goes home with the student in paper. The quarter grades go home in the mail, hmm. and then. What goes on the transcript is the semester, the final semester grade. Okay. But we do have, um, you know, an online uh, grade portal that the parents can log into and see what's currently posted. Now that depends on the teacher mm -hmm. making sure that their grade book is either connected with the online portal or, you know, on platforms so that uh, parents can see missing assignments and what the current grade is and those things. So yeah, there are a lot of a lot of parents with um, in my district an app on their phone that connects to the uh, that class's grade book and they can see missing assignments as it's getting turned in published by the teacher, mm -hmm. which is uh, I mean that's a good thing and and sometimes that's a a burden I guess <laughs> for for. Depending, I mean, you do have to have a communication line with the parents, and, and if only communication line is this uh, grade feedback, then it, it, there can be misconceptions. So there's that. Now, I think it's different in college, obviously, because the parent relationship with this grade is a little bit different. Right. I mean, we have a similar arrangement. We have 
a online system where I am I'm required to post midterm grades, like official midterm grades, mm-hmm. and I am encouraged strongly. I, I think they kind of really want us to be posting our grades as they get uploaded, as they get graded onto onto my courses as well. And I try to do that in a timely manner. There are times, <clears throat> starting around now, where I end up kind of seesawing with my different classes. Like yeah. I'll be like, oh, a bunch of papers came in for the class with the papers. And then like I'm kind of going all in on that. And the labs and the homeworks kind of fall behind a week or so. And then I'm like, okay, done with that. Back to this thing. And then I work on this. And then the other one kind of falls. Because that's about the time that the next thing yeah. is coming due. And so like I kind of... I, I, I try not to, but I kind of fluctuate a little bit. I think that's natural. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to, like, it's tough to get everything. Well, if it all came in at fast. once and you weren't seesawing, then you'd just be like, oh. <laughs> right, just seizing up with just. Yeah. Right. Well, so that's what was kind of my question, because, like, at other places that I've worked, um, we've had to do formal midterm grades on an online system. Like, nothing was mailed out. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, like, print anything off and give it to students. And so while they might be used to getting, like, a midterm sort of check, you know, progress report or those kinds of things, they might not know if they're just coming from high school that it's probably going to be online. It's probably not going to be mailed. <laughs> you right. need to pay attention and maybe go look. Because even if your professor doesn't log their grades regularly or attendance regularly, at least here, we're required to do mm-hmm. midterm grades, and that's how it's been in other places. And so I might not ever go on that online thing until I did the midterm grades. So the students might not think to go there, but they should. That, yeah, that's fair. Depending on how a professor handles their grades and their material, it may, it may be the only two times that stuff online happens is midterms and that final grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go check it. <laughs> go check it. Whenever, whenever you're listening to this now, now is a good time to go check. Yeah. Even if you're like, midterm, three weeks ago, yeah. go check it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it sounds like there's at least some commonality in that for high school students and college students in general, not necessarily everywhere, that you get a, a an official report of your grade halfway through the semester. Yeah. So and Drew. Yeah. Was it right right now for us right now? <laughs> so Drew, you're a high school student. You just got a midterm grade. It is not good. Not warm fuzzies. It's cold pricklies. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Um, you to your parents to go storming into the principal. Skip the teacher. Go straight. To... No, that's not right. No. <laughs> um, it's like whoa. <laughs> uh, usually, like. When this has happened for my students that I'm either, you know, case managing or supporting them with other teachers or my own, my own classes that, that's, um, you know, usually I want to support those students asking what can, I'm not happy with this grade. What can I do? Like, is there missing assignments that I can do? Or is there, um, what, what concepts do I, I like the conversation better of like, what concepts can I learn, Mm -hmm. um, that will allow me to bring this grade up on the next test, on the next assignment, whatever it is. So and that was easier to do in, in math class as far as switch that conversation over from like how many points to get my grade up to which concepts and ethics do I need to learn to bring my grade up to a B. Um, so I think that that's where, you know, hey, I don't like my grade. This was a feedback coming back to the student. And there's a lot of opportunity in high school for, you know, facilitation from uh, a parent or the counselor or your um, case manager teacher or your teacher that you trust to say facilitate this conversation with the the teacher in question about 
what do I do to improve my grade? I'm not happy with it. Hmm. So, so it sounds like there's some, like it's, in your experience, you're like fairly well communicated that, hey, this is not great, or someone comes to you that I'm, I'm not happy with this, and you're coaching them, okay, so here are the questions I ask, you know, yeah. and, you, and they're getting support from, ideally, their parents or guardians, from the counseling staff, you know, from you, you know, from, hopefully, people just coming out of the woodwork to be yeah, like... Yeah, we, we have a big team, and we have to, and, and, and the, um, I'm not certain what the actual real, you know, bottom line legal requirements are but we do have to give a feedback grade um you know every so often and there's a lot of opportunity a midterm should not be the like oh shoot i'm failing that that shouldn't happen you know if you if you've got a d you had a d six weeks ago and haven't done anything with you know what i mean like it's you should not be a surprise and when when that does happen once in a while that suddenly a student has a, a surprise d on the midterm um People are upset, and I and I understand that, that they would do that. And usually, it's because you know a teacher has a lot of assignments that haven't gone into the grade book until two days before the reports due, and that's yeah, that, that hardly seems you know that hardly seems fair to the student or the parent. Um, you know, to give hey, by the way, feedback from six weeks ago, you have a D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I didn't get my grades in on time. Um, so. That, and that doesn't happen um, frequently, or it shouldn't happen frequently. But again, like midterm is not the first grade feedback you get in a high school level. Right. Well, ideally, it's not the first thing you get here either, but it really could be. Yeah, it could be, yeah. So ideally, there are multiple things going on. You know, we as faculty are grading them in a timely manner, whatever that happens to be. Like if it's a short homework or short quiz, then within a a week. I mean, a week is usually what I'm sort of shooting for. For like longer paper written assignments, for like in a full class, a week may be a little yeah. too tight of a turnaround because I got other classes going on. But you know, we try to get in good faith stuff turned back around. But I have had classes, and I have I have had colleagues where like just nothing is there until it feels like all of a sudden magically something is there at midterm mm-hmm. and it's not clear how that connection gets made yeah. to the students you yeah. know i so i guess i didn't answer your question really which is like <laughs> yeah if i show up at midterms with a bad uh, poor grade or at any point i have a grade i don't like in high school you know my um coaching on that for a student is to is to start the conversation in a way that that you're able to have you know so it's not an angry conversation or a defiant or, or defensive conversation but mm. Yeah, to talk about how it's like, I'm not and happy with this. Those, right, and find out what those resources are. If there's this, the, um, the the career center does coaching and study group and homework help, then you know those resources are available on campus or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So Melody, you're a college student. Uh, Midterm Graves comes back. It's called prickly. Oh. What do you do? I mean, what I ideally like, what I would like students to do. I, I mean, we could talk about what we don't like students to do, but that seems like a little, yeah. little meaner uh, of a conversation. It is so. Like, uh, actually, I would rather speak from a professor perspective because I don't think I was a very proactive college student. Mm. Um, first, I don't think I ever had like a low midterm. 
Um, I mean, that's just because that's the kind of student I am, not to be like, oh, whatever. Or I knew why. Like, I did not really like political science, and so I had a harder time in that class. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to have to step it up or just live with the C or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, first things first, like Drew was saying, like, you have to go talk, and you need to start with the teacher. <laughs> Don't go to the principal <laughs> or my boss. <laughs> Um, but, and I like the idea of framing it in terms of concepts or learning as opposed to points because that kind of frustrates me a little bit because I already have students who are like point grubby. Right. Yeah. And they're like, well, how many points do I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a math question, first of all. And I don't, you want me to sit down and calculate exactly how many points you need and then, oh, let's divide that across the last three assignments. I don't, you know, like that's a lot of work. For me to try to figure out exactly how many points you need when really what you need to do is just turn your work in and take advantage of revisions mm-hmm. and do the small homework assignments oh and come to class I mean it's really not like usually it's all four of those things or three out of four to get yourself a D at midterm like you have to actively not do the work in order to have a D at midterm mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean yeah so what I'm, what I'm hearing is Go talk to your professor. Go talk to me, yeah. And so I have an advisee right now who's like, oh, I don't know, I need a certain grade in this class. And I was like, well, now's the time to go talk to your people. You need to say, is it mathematically possible? Which I realize it is. So no, let's calculate it. But if you know that there are X number of points left for this semester and you're like, no, there's no way you're going to pull an A. And yeah. then you have to kind of decide, well, okay, what am I going to work towards or whatever. Wow. So sort of knowing that and having that information up front and I'm happy to talk to students about those things. And sometimes I'm like, that's not possible, but you could still make a B minus. Right. If yeah. you do X, Y, and Z. That's a big benefit to a college course versus a high school course. The um, college course, for sure, has a syllabus, and I know it's going to be due on December 2nd, you know, mm-hmm. versus a high school course. Having a teacher say, is this mathematically possible to pass, is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, complexity of calculation shall we say because of the the way our you know year-long courses and things work yeah. and, uh, yeah. it's not as easy now I, I've all been able to have a conversation with teachers um, and say look what's the bare minimum that this guy needs to be able to yeah pass with a D just mm-hmm. to get credits and graduate uh, and that's a different question asked than what we're talking about. Although, I mean, that might be your question depending on where you're standing. I mean, it's kind of whatever your goals are. So if your goal is D equals degree, I'm going to just need to kind of get through this and you're not mm-hmm. planning on transferring that credit somewhere, then we can have that conversation about, well, what do I need to do to make a D? Mm-hmm. But I often have students come in and be like, oh, I have a B and I really want an A. Um, I've kind of stopped. I, sorry, sorry, listeners who are students. When I have students who tell me they need an A or they want an Stop A. Stop saying that you need it. A, you a. don't need it. Yeah. B, I kind of stopped listening now. Yeah. B, I, well, and so it, I, I, yeah. That's, that's, again, the thing where I said, you know, start that conversation, but start it in a way that's not defined or defined or whatever. So when I started my conversations, I said, I'm not happy with this grade, what can I do, or who can I ask for help, and those right. are questions that, that have an answer. That I can answer right. that question. Right, yeah. yeah. So when a student comes in and says, I need an A in this class, the communication yeah. there is, I don't care about this class, I don't care about this subject. I don't care about learning it. I don't care about learning it, all I, I want is the they, A. They may, well, they may well believe that starting that way is doing everyone a favor and cutting to the face, hey, I need an A. 
let's get down to it. Yeah. But that also is, is, you know, putting the other human on the other end of the conversation at a different stance versus, you know, I would really like to, to um, or, you know, what can I do to bring right. up my skill level? What can I do to bring up my achievement here? And, and that's a question that a teacher loves to answer. Yes. Right, exactly. Yes. Um, so, and I've had students come and be like, listen, I've been making high Bs on all of my writing assignments, and no matter what I do to revise, I'm not getting past that. How can I do just a little bit more so that I can break that barrier? And I'm like, I totally understand that. Like, you want to push yourself, you want to get those few extra points, not necessarily just for the points, but sometimes it's just a matter of how can I crack the code to make this work? Right. I had a student send me an email on Sunday. It was like, because in, in our writing course, they are doing a profile. And it's like, my profile sounds like a biography. How do I get it to be more like a profile? I was like, that's a great question. I'm super happy. I was yeah. like, I, will, I won't have a chance to get this till like 8 o'clock, and then I'll give it a read-through, and I'll give you some comments, you know, and, and gave, you know, comments back on, like, here's what I'm reading, you know, here's what I'm expecting here, here's why, the, I, here's why I, this is what it sounds like to me, and here's what you can do to change that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm super happy to do that, you know, but their focus was on, it feels like a Biography. Yeah, I, I know to be I'm not profile. doing it quite right, but can you help me figure that out? Right, and this and then and that assignment is due Wednesday. So, like, is it a little tight? Maybe, but this assignment one is a little tighter of a turnaround. So, you know, like, kudos for them for like asking that help in time for me to give feedback, in time for them to process that through and take action on that feedback. You know, and that's that's not about. She didn't ask about grades. You know, didn't ask it on the on the assignment in the class. It was about I want to improve this in this way, and I'm super engaged with doing that. Yeah. You know, that sends the message that I'm trying to learn this material, which obviously I value because I am teaching this course. And that's that's part of the thing that you know we talk about. You know, your professors are people. You know, and you have to treat them as people, not just as a a, a role. You know. And so we teach courses in subjects that we are passionate about. We wouldn't be in a position to be able to teach at the college level if we were not passionate enough to get the advanced degrees. So when you're like... That's, I think that's another change from, from necessarily a high school teacher where the new guy gets the ninth grade or gets the struggling class and the, and the veteran teacher gets the AP Calc and the, and the honors, uh, you know, lit and what so it's not it's you know you're 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 picking english as a as a teaching spot in high school but you're not necessarily picking you know freshman xl or freshman regular or freshman mm-hmm. you know repeats or whatever course is just kind of assigned by the principal so that's a little subtle difference too yeah well i mean we have some of that here because we make our schedules by seniority in the same way um, and often at larger schools, like first year writing is like the low man on the totem pole. It's often graduate students. It's often graduate students. It's often um, adjuncts, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, but as a person who has a degree in composition and rhetoric, I want to teach those classes, right? Like I would would go anywhere I went, I would want to teach at least one freshman writing class because if I don't have my finger on that pulse, then I don't know. How that's how writing and students are changing, um, but it's not that way everywhere. But yeah, so it is possible that you might have somebody who's like, whatever, first year writing. But that's not the case in a lot of time. I mean, yeah. especially with physics or astronomy. <laughs> right. I mean, there's some seniority there too, where uh, sometimes 
again, like the more senior members in a department, like for me, I'm always the most senior, but in larger departments, you know, more because I'm the only one, (laughs) you know, in in larger departments, especially big ones, Mm -hmm. you know, there is sort of a seniority of packing order in, in how you get assigned or pick the courses you want to teach. And there can be interesting dynamics that spring up around there. Like you may have like the old guard who are like super hardcore. They like they may never be like allowed to teach undergrads. Yeah, they'll keep those away from them. Because it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Like there it's just You're gonna throw something the, the students board. don't do well enough and you get complaints from other departments who are like, These students that we sent you to take physics, they're all failing and how's this helping my biology degree? You know, and so or whatever it happens to be. This is reminding me of, uh, we're speaking about midterm grades, and, and I, have a, I have a professor in my undergraduate, she got her degree from, uh, in music from V, uh, which is, I'm sure, a serious music school, uh, and she ran her class like, like they did in Vienna, I, mm-hmm. I imagine, and we didn't have a, a test, a grade in the book until November. Right. Right. Uh, and we did our first uh, music theory uh, analysis of a, of a Bach fugue in, in November. Uh, and we were all worried, like, what is our grade in this yeah. class? Like, it's, yeah. it's October 30th. It's like November 1st. When is the test? She's like, okay, I'm finally going to have an analysis on Friday, uh, you know, and that's the first grade in the book, so don't, don't mess it up. Like, she basically gave us the entire semester to learn our business and then gave us a serious test. And then the second and third tests were um, like another one in, in December and then the final in December. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was all the grades for the entire course. Well, so if you had gotten a midterm, she probably would have put in A's for everybody or F's for everybody. <laughs> well, they, maybe they came and talked with her, and that's why we did it in November. Yeah. I don't know, but um, it, it was take no prisoners. Like we, we basically had to nail these yeah. these. Uh, three assignments in the grade book, which I did, by the way, just for okay, a side. Good job. Okay. Good job. Way to go, Drew. So that, I mean, that brings up something, too. When students come and ask me about stuff, you know, typically you might think, oh, a 16-week semester, things are evenly dispersed. But that's not how it works, at least for my classes. And I think for a lot of people, too, we tend to have fewer points or, like, lower weights at the beginning of the semester to give, especially first-year students, that opportunity to transition without like taking their grade on the first two assignments and then you know the third assignment's worth more the fourth assignment's worth more and so you're you're picking up points as you go but if you look at it overall like the heavier weighted assignments or the assignments worth more points are actually in the second half so you could be rocking a c minus but with the points that are Hmm. left it's quite possible that you could mathematically bring that up because there are more points in play yeah that that sounds reasonable. When you're building the skill set in order to like do the heavy lift, like you can't the big points come later when you do that heavy lift. Mm-hmm. They, they're not gonna be at the beginning of the semester. In in my classes I try to even it out. Like it, it's every every three or four chapters there's an exam, the exams are all have equal weight, the homeworks all have equal weight, there's one to do but I have sort of a for for my classes I think math classes are often like this as well. Um, the midterm, so are you saying the midterm is like, it can be bad, but there's but there's like there's more than half of the points left. Yeah. The right. the opposite of that kind of happens in my courses where we're building on the stuff that's already come, and so if that midterm grade comes in and it's low, 
that is a major, major warning flag for mm -hmm. me, for a student, because there's not actually. We, the, sorry, what's that? Imagine the math. So I imagine a math course is the same, where it's building off of right. material you've learned, and so right. if, you, if well, you're not comprehending, it's going to be really rough. Yeah. And technically, yeah. writing works that way too, but because there are different assignments, you almost get a fresh start. You're like, okay, maybe I didn't do so hot with this genre or that topic, but I could do this. But I could see that because in grammar, it's the same way. Yeah. If you don't get the first few chapters, you're not going to get the next few. And then now we're at midterm, and it's like you don't know your parts of speech. That's a real problem. Yeah. This. Yeah. The. Usually, what can happen? What the grades mostly go in one direction. <laughs> Not that you can't course correct, but if like I'm watching a student's steady decline through midterm grades, chances are it's going to decline farther through the second half yeah. of the semester. Okay, so I mean, here's what I'm picking up is that I, I think we're making the assumption, and our and most likely our audience, our listeners are are students that are interested in doing well in college, and, you know, and are yeah. attempting to do better. And I think that um, it's, it's easy to take a feed of maybe a poor midterm grade and fall into the trap that adults do that is, um, oh, hey, I got this bad grade, but I got this bad grade, but at least I'm not as bad as Andrew, who's got a D minus. At least I'm not as bad as... Andrew, who sleeps through class, at least I'm not as bad as, hey, I'm doing better than Andrew. Where's he been? He's been absent every day. And so you can you can trick yourself into, like, receive this bad feedback you don't want to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to evaluate, hey, I'm doing badly. Well, feedback is flawed. The teacher doesn't like me. This the this mm -hmm. is just based on one assignment, and I got more to do. Like, And you can basically take this poor feedback that's supposed to give you an opportunity to make changes in process and turn it into this excuse mm. for mm. it's somebody else's you know um, fault for doing things. This is why you see after college uh, adults don't move forward in their job position because they're mm. evaluating like hey, it's not my this feedback doesn't reflect on me. Yeah. Yeah, it right. reflects on my boss. Well, and I think that students do that too. They mm. see the grade and they're like, "Oh, and so what I get is you're such a tough grader." And I'm like, right. well, maybe you're not a great writer. <laughs> or, you know, instead but That's of, the way the grading is. Well, right. And so I'm like, so you need to adjust to that rather than me adjust to you. But um, so that's often people come and be like, well, I just don't understand your assignments. Okay, A, we've talked about this before, but don't come in with that as your big opening. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a that's a defense mechanism a normal person would have yeah, at a sure. bad grade. If, especially if I'm used to Bs and As and I get a D. My defense mechanism is, what other things could this be besides me being bad at my skill? It's like, oh, well, it's the teacher, and at least I'm not as bad as Andrew, and, you know, and make right. myself feel better about all of these. Or the subject biopics. doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? Right. I'll never have to write again the rest of my life. Uh-huh. Right. The that class was physics for non-majors, so who cares? Yes. <laughs> no one. But anyway. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like some a little bit of that feedback has to come in, and you have to. So, assuming you want to do better, if you don't care, then this is not for you. Move on. Yeah, that's right. Let's do a different episode. <laughs> you know, but if you want to do better, there's like a, there seems to be a couple of things that that are coming up. The first is that you have to take that grade seriously. You do. And with what, all that comes, even if that. I wanna, sorry. Let's change the 
terminology, let's even just say like this is feedback. Sure. Great. And the function of the grade is the feedback of how your process is doing. And so I have to realistically evaluate, um, is my process working, uh, without, without falling into the trap of defense mechanisms and saying, I'm going to keep my process and and be bullheaded. Right. Well, and I think part of that taking the feedback is to take a look at, like, take a look at yourself and be like, okay, what have I been doing so far this semester that might have contributed to this? Well, I've been waiting to the last minute to do my work, mm-hmm. and that's probably contributed to my lower initial grade. Oh, and I didn't take the revision option on one of those. Oh, and I've missed several of the smaller assignments, and I've been absent six times. Mm. Okay. <laughs> right. That's sort of adding up. Yeah. But one of the things that you and, and Drew just mentioned is like the evaluate the process, evaluate the actions mm-hmm. that you know, I, I say to my students and my advisees quite often, you are not your grades. You, this, mm-hmm. My grading of an assignment is not a value judgment of the individual who's done that work. It's evaluation of this work, yeah. not that person. And so when we get that, when I get a grade back and it's low, like it, my initial response is to see this as an evaluation as, of me. I suck. Right. Then I have to <laughs> like cry in a pillow. <laughs> You know, and then step back and say, Actually, okay. Actually, my attempt at this assignment sucked. Right. And then to sort of try to, with a little more calmly, talk about, okay, what is the process? What are the actions? Yeah. And again, like, to me, that's natural as a human to yeah. say to internalize it as yourself. And especially if you're a person who's used to getting A's and B's in high school and you come in and get a poor grade and say, this, is, this grade is my identity. And mm. I have to reject that because it, it's... I, I'm an AB person and I don't get D's. Right. Versus accept it and say, like, this is a D. How do I move ahead from this? I need to go start a conversation. So that's a, you know, a, a change in perspective. And I, I think that perspective shift, we really want that to happen before you rock, walk into that office. Yeah. You know, in college anyway. So that, because... Because as, as much as the s- students don't like being feeling that they themselves are being judged as, as stupid or, right. or doing or being bad at something, you know, we as professors, like, I, I don't like that either. I like that either. Yeah, I like that either. I'm, I'm doing my best at instruction. You know, I'm, I'm happy to help find different angles, ways to improve my instruction. But at the moment, like... I am doing my best to try to help my students. And if a student comes in and says, uh, you grade too hard. It's like, I, my response would be like, I actually am a pretty lenient grader. I like. Oh, you think, huh? Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I'm not really, I'm not crushing students usually with my, with my grading and what they've done. They, I think you could pass it off to a colleague at another school and you would expect that grade to be much harsher, right. actually. I think that's true for me, too. So, you, were, you said something that I was gonna. I got distracted by something outside the window. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't. Like, I I think we're trying to like. Oh hey, you made a D. There's hope. There's some. There's a place to go. Yeah. There's a place to go. That it's, and I also understand the feelings like this is way lower than I would think it should be. This is not who I see myself as. This feels unfair. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally understand <laughs> that. Is, again, for me, like, my, where I kind of had always am walking myself back from, I was like, well, F this, 
Yeah. I'm done. I mean, and I'm going to have to admit, that's typically my first reaction, right? <laughs> then you have to let that one go. Yeah, so I have to, like, process that one. And then I'm like, okay, let me rethink this a little bit. Exactly. Um, and that helps. But, yeah, normally I'm like, I hate everything. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, I mean, so this is, again, I, I already told this um, story a couple episodes back, but uh, this is just bringing me up to... Um, when my professor in undergraduate really held my feet to the fire and made me uh, externally aware of the of the BS I was, you know, blowing into, I was spewing into my own, I was believing my own hype. Okay. Yeah. When I show up to my my trumpet lesson and miss notes, and he says, "Well, how much did you practice?" And I said, "Oh, I practiced every day." And he said, "Well, how much every day? Right? Like, how many minutes did you practice every day?" Oh, um, like, like on half average an hour. or total? <laughs> yeah, right. And so like half an hour, hour, 45 minutes each day. Oh, well, that wasn't good enough. Fix yeah. it, change it, do something different, you know. Right. And, and he wasn't, he was just not accepting the lie of it. And in my head, that was my defense mechanism. Like, hey, I practiced. I practiced every day. Who can complain about that? But he's holding it, the mirror up to me and saying like, really? Like, who are you fooling? Mm-hmm. If you practiced, you know, 30 minutes a day and said you'd practice every day, is that college level uh, musicianship? Like, no. So I, I think, and, and that was a real growth moment to struggle and hurt and realize like, oh yeah, that was my choice to not practice enough and miss notes. And um, the grown up thing, you know, you can turn around and say, oh, this guy's being super mean to me and, and, um, criticizing and you know I had done this whole solo in a week and, and this is the best I could do and I did my best whatever or I could turn around and say he's right 30 minutes is not enough for somebody who's saying they're going to major in music performance this was not it <laughs> right right I actually think almost every student could think about that too because like well I worked really hard on this and I'm like I don't I'm not saying you didn't First of all, I mean, I really wish that I could give effort points, but that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, oh, well, when did you start? Well, you know, and if you start back, and did you go to the writing center? Well, and did you have a good draft for peer review? Kind of. Did you revise more than is absolutely required yeah. based on the syllabus? Right, and so right. like, you know, sometimes it did, but students can do that themselves too. Like, And so when I have them do like that self-assessment reflection, they're usually like, yeah, I probably could have spent more time on this. And so usually part of my feedback is, like you mentioned, it's clear that you could have spent more time on this. So you get a C. <laughs> I, I, that to me is one of the big differences between a grown-up and a uh, 17-year-old, 16-year-old, is the, the yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> my sports team, my volleyball practice, my, my chess club, my, you know, um, I figured 30 minutes was enough on this for that day. Like, there's yeah. all kinds of decisions you made, yeah. and sometimes you're going to have to let some slide. Sometimes I have to let my class slide, and I have to be okay with getting a B on my paper. And sometimes I have to let my volleyball slide and get an A on my paper. I don't. It's not right. as easy. I've made it too easy. That's not that easy of a dichotomy. But well, right. yeah, yeah, but that's what I talk to my students about all the time. I was like, you have to prioritize and you have to make choices. 
And so I had a student who in the reflection or the revision memo was like, yeah, I ended up not putting as much time into this paper because I decided to put my time into a couple of other assignments and that's reflected in this grade. So I'm really grateful that I have a chance for revision because now I do have time to put stuff into it. I mean, well, that comes across really nice, you know. It's, 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 I'm like, fair. <laughs> right, yeah, it's like, this. I graded this one. It was lower than I expected of you, student. I, I see where you're coming from. It actually... It, it shouldn't, but it, it would make me more generous to know that there were circumstances and that this revision is going to you know, bump it up a notch, right. you know. Well, and now I'm like, okay, so there was not enough time, and now there is. Let me see this improvement. Right. And exactly. so that helps me kind of evaluate it a little differently because now I have more info. Well, and also it helps avoid the, the I mean, that types of the revision, self-assessment revision sort of document that you have them fill out, it also helps avoid this, the appearance of something that might have been plagiarized, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I like, if I'm like swamped with softball and I'm dying on getting all my stuff done and then like the tournament or whatever is done and now I can revise it, there might be a huge step in quality of That's that true. writing. And if I don't know that, then I'd be like, well, as an instructor, I'm going to be like, well, this was kind of super rough and, like, not actually complete. And now it's, like, decently done and polished and, like, what just happened? And knowing that, you know, I planned to take the revision because I just I knew, I knew I'd, I'd have more time. time. Yeah. That, you know, that changes my perspective as opposed to calling students, like, what happened? Right. Then we have to have this awkward conversation where I'm like trying to feel out like, did you actually plagiarize? Yeah. Did someone else fix this? Did somebody else write this for you? Yeah. And then they'd be all like, well, we had the thing. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we didn't actually have to have this face-to-face -face meeting and me get all stressed out about this thing. And then probably them also get stressed out about this thing. You know, if I had known that was the process that was going on. I remember what I was going to say earlier. Okay. I got totally distracted. But, you know, you were talking about um, kind of having, like, that knee-jerk reaction to a grade. So one of um, our colleagues, the, one of the other writing people, she has a policy, and I think this is a really smart policy, that when she hands out grades in class, like she gives back papers, she will not talk to that student for 24 hours. Because, one, she doesn't want to have these emotional conversations about grades. Mm -hmm. Right? And two, they have not had a chance to read her feedback or internalize any of that information. So after 24 hours has passed, you can contact her for an appointment to meet face-to-face -to, -face to talk about it. And I would recommend that if you get a midterm grade and you're like, oh my God, maybe sit on it for 24 hours and oh, have please, some yes. self-like reflection and think about, okay, how did I get here? What can I actually do? Can I put in more time? You know, things like that. And then really think about that conversation before you go in to talk to your professor so that you're not like, your class is really hard and kind of sucking up all my time and I'm still failing. Uh... What, yeah, okay. what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> and? <laughs> but, yeah, so that like, knee-jerk reaction, which I tend to have, I thought, you know, like, that policy is really good. And I think it's a good one for everybody. Maybe you should sit with all your grades for 24 hours before you decide you, it warrants a conversation and so that you can get your thoughts together. I mean, at least for me, yeah. stuff like that, to calm down, to take stock, to sort of do it, to figure it out, to kind of almost debrief the grade. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so I have a D. I'm freaking out. Let me get past the freaking out and be like, where does my D come from? Mm -hmm. Often when I give uh, midterm grades and they're low grades, I will talk, I, if I have the opportunity, I will say, this is primarily coming, as the instructor, this, will, this is primarily coming from 
your profile yeah. or this thing or here. Or 32 missing tiny assignments. Or right, yeah, you know. Yeah. What, I'm, what I want to mention, too, is that it's, um, it's not fair that every individual student takes a different level of effort to reach that same achievement. Right. And yet, that's what—that's where we're at. So if if you come in, into the office and say, you know, I worked this hard, I did half an hour a night on this assignment, and I still got a C plus, my point is that that students take a different amount of effort and time mm-hmm. to achieve at the same level, and that's not fair. But it, you just need to know that that's how how stuff works. And mm-hmm. if it's a math assignment or a writing assignment or a physics or whatever it is. Going in and saying like I worked my hardest and gave my best effort doesn't mean you get an an, an A on things. That's not right. yeah. these don't equate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I it's agree. unfortunate, but that is true. It is true. Yeah. I mean, and it was that way. It we all reached that point at a certain class, at a certain level, at a certain time in our careers that we have to stretch a little more than we want to. I could not break that C in, in oh freshman composition. I, I made a C in political science. Right. I crushed it later though. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a reason that, that Mike Phelps is, you know, top guy in his swimming competitions, and most other humans can't swim that fast. Yeah. It's because he studied. No, wait. Yeah. Uh, Does yeah, he, he try well, No. I mean, you know, he has some natural, natural no, right. aptitude. He's very long. <laughs> right. And he, know, yeah. and he practices uh, a lot. That's a, maybe that's a bad analogy, but... but no, I stand by it. <laughs> well, no, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's fine, but, like, students usually are surprised when I tell them I'm a slow reader, and they're like, but don't you read all the time? And I'm like, yeah, but whenever I was in grad school, I would ask somebody, oh, you already did your work? Yeah, how long did that take you? Oh, about three hours. I'd be on it, like, six hours, and I'm like, yeah, but I just, it just took me longer to read through it and process it, and I just knew I had to work in extra time, and so... Maybe that's what's going on yeah. with this particular class. Oh. And so, well, everybody else just worked an hour. Well, I'm sorry. You need to work three. Yeah. I guess that's my point is, like, if you showed up and said, I did an hour like everybody else in my class, where's A, please? Then yeah. that's, that's not what it's like. For you, it took three hours or six hours to get A level. All right, well, that's how long it takes. Now you know that. And as an adult, you make that choice and start working around things. Right. right. And now we're back to time management. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, and then just also constantly checking in with yourself and assessing your your learning and your, like, efficiency to do these things. It's There's a lot. Like, it's not easy to be a successful college student. It, yeah, it took me two years to get to the point where I recognized that I needed to do something and to start figuring out how to, how to do these sorts of things. But since we're sort of... Heading towards the end of our time with you, Melody, I wanted to sort of yeah. wrap up. And so when you get that grade, take some time yes. to not just sit with it and stew on it, but to sort <laughs> I of hate her. <laughs> to, try to, to try to get past it so that you can come in to a conversation, one that's, that's not as emotionally charged for you. Yes. And to view it not as a indictment of you as a person, but rather as the process that you have been following at least up to that point in the semester. And to come in asking about changes you can make <clears throat> to the process, actions you can take. It's not about the grade, it's not about you, it's about 
what actions you have been taking and what uh, actions you can take in the future. And if you're coming in with that perspective and with that direction, it's really difficult for a faculty member to be mad at you. Yeah. No, I'm like, sweet, you want to do better? Let me help you. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it primes us to be accommodating in the help that we can offer. If a student comes in and is upset at me for their grade, I am not primed to be flexible in the times that I can offer them to, to help them. Yeah. Because they did that work. Like I've been, I've been trying to help them and they did that work and they are holding me responsible for the work that they did, which may be unfair, as Drew, you say, like sometimes it takes more work, sometimes it takes less. But be that as it may, the outcome is the one that they have earned. Mm -hmm. And I, I, am, I don't like being blamed for that. The student says, I don't like this outcome. How do, what can I do in order to improve what I'm, my grade or my performance in this class? I'm like, this person cares about my subject, wants to do better. I want to help them because I care about my subject. You know, so I'm much more likely to offer up times of my own and as opposed to just saying I have office hours, you know, or and like it's, it's just a natural social interaction. If somebody comes in and you're like, I don't want to spend more time with this person because they make me uncomfortable, you're not going to offer times to them. Sure. And he's like, this person makes me feel hopeful and energized and like excited to work with them even though they're struggling, then I'm, I'm going to offer times. Right. You know. Okay, one more thought and then we can wrap it up. Okay. And that is, do not wait this is midterm. You get that midterm grade, you need to make an appointment to go see this person probably within a week at the latest or the longest. At the, yeah. Um, but do wait 24 hours, but don't wait. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly, right. because what happens is I do these midterm grades. I, we also do what's called midterm down so that you get an extra warning if you are with C minus or lower. Correct. Um, and then I don't hear anything from the students until like, the week before finals, and they're like, what can I do? And I'm like, get is, a time machine, because there's nothing. Like, this point, it's, it's like, the semester's over. There's no yeah. more, like, almost no more points to be had. And I'm like, do you have a DeLorean? And they never get it. <laughs> Generational. <laughs> yeah, um, but they're like, what? And I was like, no, if you had come talk to me, like, four or five weeks ago, that would be right now, we might have been able to figure something out. But at this point, no. No, I don't offer extra credit. No, you can't make up work that's 15 weeks late. You know? My hands are tied. Yes. But now, at eight weeks, I have way more flexibility and way more ways that I can help. At week 15 or even, heaven forbid, week 16, don't come knocking on my door. I, there's nothing we can do, yeah. really. The D is the D at that point. Yeah. So to sum up again, again, wait until you can address it calmly, but address it with that instructor as soon as possible because things stack on top of each other, certainly grade-wise if not content-wise. Right. In my classes, it is critical that if things are not going well early in the semester, like you need to come talking to me, we will figure out a plan to get you where you need to be. But the efficacy of that plan reduces every single week after that because part of it might be like you need to go back and study vectors that was week sometimes one. with every assignment not yeah. even every week right yeah like every lesson that you're tacking something on they're getting further and further behind right and we need to address it and you know for those classes that stack like math and physics 
the time to be knuckled down and start, you know, tunnel visioning is like week two. Yeah. Is yeah. after that first week, you're like, I don't know what's going on. That's when you need to do it because week eight is too late yeah. at that point. It's too much. We've stacked too much on top. It's too precarious. The amount of time it takes to go back and re- shore up that early stuff and then push it forward the next seven weeks <laughs> yeah. is too much. Well, and one reason why these things came up, come out is so you can still drop the class with a W. Yes, you can withdraw, drop the class or withdraw. So, and if you are rocking like a 52% and you're like, is it even possible for me to get a C? I'm like, nope, mathematically it's not. You would have to make 1,000% on everything or something. Um, <laughs> then that's why we have these things. They're checkpoints so that you don't get caught at the end and have to take an F on your transcript. Mm-hmm. So some of that thinking time might also need to be about, okay, how, what are my real options here? Mm-hmm. Would dropping this be a better choice? Sometimes there, you are make, there are other repercussions for that, but... Sometimes you got to make difficult decisions. You have to be real and evaluate and say, look, hey, am I... You can be prideful and say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to tough it out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill this because I'm a great student, or you can be real and say, this is when I have to let loose and, mm-hmm. and take the W. Yeah, right. and you can take it again. I mean, you can take the class again. Often you can take the class again, and, and a lot of the advice that I give students, uh, I've given multiple students, is if you're going to drop, drop as soon as possible. Because yeah. every day you spend in a class that you're not going to do well in, that you're going to eventually drop, you are basically stealing points from all your other courses. Because the time yes. spent on that you one... You need to that, focus on your other stuff. Right. Because, right? I mean, and it's possible that maybe... Physics is your only class that you're making a D in, but sometimes you're struggling in more than one class, and it's time to cut loose some of that dead weight that's not going to yeah. make I it. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting a D in physics and getting Bs in your other classes, and you're like, I'm dying here, but like, maybe you should cut the physics out mm-hmm. because you'd be getting A's in your other classes. Yeah. All right, I got real real today. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, we'll bid farewell to Melody. She's yeah. got to book it right now because oh, we've run slightly long. Bye. <laughs> so, Bye. listeners, if you have a question or an idea for us to talk about, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Hyland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D, or send me an email, peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. All right, see you next week. Bye. All right, bye.